All right, everyone, welcome on back to another episode of Manga Monthly, first one in 2021. I am your host, manga librarian and New York Public Librarian, Joe Pasculo, and I'm very happy you guys are back. So thank you for joining me once more. Uh, we got one year in the books, and now it is time to start working on year number two. Um, yeah, so this is going to be great. Um, really looking forward to talking manga with everybody as per usual. We have a lot of great titles that are coming out in 2021, including Undead Unluck, um, Boys Run the Riot, uh, Ace Adora, which actually came out this month. So we will book talk it during this uh, episode. I was super excited for that one when I heard about it last year. And um, it is one of the early titles that I couldn't wait to get my hands on. So I'm so happy I did. And yeah, this is going to be awesome. So what has been going on? Well, uh, here in New York, it's been snowing the last couple of days. Uh, got a pretty good storm over the uh, Sunday night into Monday of this week. So definitely everyone's just kind of staying in, digging out their cars. Um, maybe staying in is good because we are still in the midst of a pandemic, unfortunately. Uh, Things do seem to be getting hopefully a little better. Uh, I know the vaccine rollout has been dicey at best, but at least, you know, we're, we, we've got to be ahead of where we were uh, nine, 10 months ago for sure. So that's great. Um, obviously, I hope you guys are all staying safe and being smart. And hopefully we'll be able to return to conventions, if not this year, maybe next year. Uh, that That's kind of you know something we've all been missing are the uh, large events which we just can't do right now because it's not safe to do so um i did read that otacon is kind of it sounds like it's on the ropes a little bit which is sort of sad to hear um hopefully they don't fold but obviously you know the pandemic is going to uh dictate whether it does or it doesn't uh if only we could tr control the pandemic but um you know we can't and it's been a lot of unfortunate aftermath uh, from this pandemic, so hopefully Otacon and other conventions like it, you know, don't all fold and, you know, go away forever, but you know, we'll just have to see what happens, but uh, in the meantime, we do have a great show for you today. Um, lots of manga that we have to book talk, and if you guys are new to Manga Monthly, first of all, welcome, and second of all, what we do here is um, we take the volume ones that have debuted in the United States in English, the brand new series just starting up here in the states at least and um give a little bit of background information and then we book talk them so hopefully you guys um if you guys were on the fence about a particular title maybe i can push you onto one side or the other hopefully you know the side where you want to read the book but if not um that's cool too so yes um really really happy you guys are here and you know, if you're new, welcome again. And if you guys are returning listeners, welcome back. Thank you so much for a great 2020 uh, here at Manga Monthly. And really looking forward to telling you about all the new manga that comes out in the States in 2021. So that's about all I've got for our intro. So without further ado, thank you guys for listening. Let's dive right in to the new manga that we're going to book talk for this past month. Let's go. All right, so we've got a pretty cool one here to lead things off. It's called Super Mario Manga Mania. It's a Viz Media release, and the story and art are by Yukio Sawada. 
All right, so what this is, is in Japan is, it's a long-running manga serialization in the manga magazine Koro Koro Comic. And what that magazine uh, is, is it targets elementary school boys who are a little below the uh, shonen manga target demographic. And I really did mean it when I said this is a long-running series. The first collected volume of it came out in 1991, based off the Super Mario World Super Nintendo game. So 30 years of serialization, that is quite impressive. Not a lot of titles can say that. And it's all done by the same mangaka, Yukio Sawada. He's got a couple of other Mario manga under his belt as well, including one that focuses on one of Mario's rivals, Wario. Uh, the manga is known as... The one that we're about to book talk here is... Uh, known as Super Mario Kun in Japan. And in 2013, it was announced that Super Mario Kun had beat out Doraemon for the longest running series in Koro Koro comic history. In 2019, it was nominated for the Shogakukan Manga Award in the children's car category. Uh, it did not win. But here in 2020, or we're in 2021 now, so finally last year in 2020, Biz Media announced it would be releasing a volume worth of selected Super Mario Kun stories here in English under the title Super Mario Manga Mania. And that's what this volume is. It's a collection of short stories that were handpicked from the mangaka Yukio Sawada himself. Each story takes place in the world of one of Mario's video games, be it Paper Mario, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, there's a pretty wide variety in this book. And while this is a gag manga, um, it is primarily geared towards kids. There, there is an author's note in regards to the final few stories indicating that the batch may deal with some topics that could upset certain kids. And that is the basic gist of it right there. Just a collection of selected stories from Sawada's long-running Koro Koro comic manga based off of the games, even though a lot of the events in the stories don't happen in those games. So it's available now for the first time in English. It is Super Mario Manga Mania. Next title we're going to talk about, Wolf and Parchment, New Theory, Spice and Wolf. It's a Yen Press release. The original story is by Isuna Hasekura, and this manga's art is by a mangaka named Hidori. So this title here is a spinoff, of course, from the very nicely reviewed adventure romance story, Spice and Wolf. That started off as a light novel series back in 2006, and is still going on today. Uh, Yen Press also with the rights to those here in the United States, and there have been many other forms of Spice and Wolf that have come from these light novels, including a 16-volume manga release, two seasons worth of anime in 2008 and 2009, and a number of video games as well. This title we're going to book talk today, Wolf and Parchment, New Theory, Spice and Wolf, is also a light novel originally with Yen Press holding the English language rights. So what is it about? Well, this story does take place 15 years after the beginning of the original story, and while it does feature Spice and Wolf's main characters in it, them being Lawrence the Traveling Merchant and Holo the Wise Wolf, they are not the leads in this story. However, one of the side characters from that original story, the young boy, Cole, uh, he is the lead. And when we first saw him in the original series, he was 10 years old, and he describes himself as he was back then as a wandering beggar. Now here we are, 15 years after we originally met him, Cole is 25, and it's now time for him to go out on his own journey, much like Lawrence did back then. Cole has become a distinguished scholar in the eyes of the clergy, and is looking to become a priest. And the place he is off to is called the Kingdom of Winfield, where the Pope of the Church there is the one who oversees the world's faith, apparently. And right now, there is some malpractice happening with that pope. Uh, he, at, he has, uh, over the past couple of years, had his church begin collecting taxes or tithes, tithes, not sure how to say that word, but um, these are in order to force, in order to force these payments from people, he is suspending all religious practices rather than negotiate. So there's no sacraments such as marriage or baptizing going on. And this is not sitting well with Cole, who is determined to go to this kingdom and correct it. But 
when he finds out that the daughter of Lawrence and Holo, half-human, half-wolf deity Muri, has stowed away on the ship he's on, Cole is going to have a lot more on his plate than he didn't, uh, than he originally planned on having. So this is his journey. It is Wolf and Parchment, New Theory, Spice and Wolf. We've got a lengthy title here, so bear with me. It is called, I Guess I Became the Mother of the Great Demon King's Ten Children in Another World. It's a Kodansha Comics release, and the story and art are by Ema Toyama. Toyama does have a number of other titles of hers translated into English, and they're available now. Her first serialized story was a romance titled Pixie Pop in 2004. That was licensed and released here long time ago by Tokyo Pop. And other titles of hers that are also available via Kodansha Comics are I Am Here, Missions of Love, Manga Dogs, and Albacoon's Confessions, just to name a few. And now we have the first volume available of her new Isekai series, I Guess I Became the Mother of the Great Demon King's Ten Children in Another World. What is it about? Well, in it we're introduced to 16-year-old high school girl Akari. And Akari used to have a very different, ordinary, but content life. Uh, she lived with her mother, who was a single parent, really, really loved her, loved playing her video games. Uh, she was a very happy teenager. Well, all that goes down the drain when Akari's mother saves her life one day by jumping in front of a car before it can strike Akari. The mother sadly dies, and for the past year, Akari has been living all alone. And finally, she just can't take it anymore. She doesn't want to carry on alone and makes a wish that she could have a family of her own right now. Next thing she knows, she has been whisked away to the world of Avalfia, most specifically to the castle of the archfiend King Gran, who rules over the demonic Zodia Empire. Well, it turns out that Akari's wish for a family of her own aligned with the wishes of those who were doing the summoning here in Avalfia. They were wishing for someone who could bear the child of King Gran. The Empire is at war with the hero Albert's human forces, and any child who has the blood of King Gran coursing through their veins possesses the strength enough to slay 100,000 humans. Akari is very hesitant at first, especially after meeting the final boss-like King Gran. She does not want to send her child off to war and be a pawn, but after coming to an understanding about why King Gran is doing what he's doing, she does agree to bear his child, and the way this is done is by drinking a vial of stork tincture. And the demon baby actually is then born instantaneously. There's no nine-month wait. He is here now. And they grow up quick, too. So Akari is going to have to sort of learn on the job here how to take care of a baby, how to deal with King Gran's unusual style of parenting, and how to deal with the effects this war has on her. Might King Gran want even more children on top of the one they already have, as the book's title may suggest? You were going to have to read to find out. It is, I guess I became the mother of the great demon king's ten children in another world. Next title, The Story of Our Unlikely Love. It's a Kodansha Comics release, and the story and art are by Sora Mizuki. This is a debut title for this mangaka. It has been serialized overseas in Kodansha's shoujo manga magazine, Bisatsu Friend, since 2017. And it was back in November that Kodansha, on their website, announced that they had licensed the title for an English-language digital release. And in this title, we are introduced to second-year female high schooler Chihiro. Chihiro is her class representative, and there's a few reasons as to why this is. One, simply, she just can't say no to any favor that's asked of her, and two, she is just way too nice. And that is something that cannot be said about one of her male classmates, Haruka. Haruka is a big-time delinquent, nonconformist, always skipping class, and one day when Chihiro is running an errand for her teacher, she steps on Haruka, who is taking a nap in an empty room. 
She ends up covering for him so he doesn't get into trouble, and in turn, Haruka surprisingly sticks up for Chihiro when she's unable to get the class to settle down one day when the teacher leaves the classroom. But, as it turns out, the more kindness Chihiro displays towards Haruka, the more his bad boy tendencies start to come out. Sometimes he commits acts that really impress Chihiro and cause her to tell other members of her class that he isn't as bad as everyone makes him out to be. But then there are other moments where the reputation he's garnered for himself is on full display, and Chihiro wonders if she can get through to Haruka at all. And based on the name of the book, a love between the two could certainly end up developing. We will just have to keep on reading to find out how. This is the story of our unlikely love. Next title, we're new at this. It's a Kodansha Comics release. The story and art are by Ren Kawahara. Uh, this title is brought to us by the mangaka behind the work Aochan Can't Study, and that title is also available here in the United States, thanks to Kodansha, eight volumes in total. Aochan Can't Study was a romantic comedy title and also had a 12-episode anime series air during the spring 2019 anime season with the animation studio Silver Link Inc., behind the show's production. And so that brings us to today's book talk for another of Kawahara's titles, We're New at This. And in it, we are introduced to a couple of newlyweds. The male's name is Ikuma, who has just started his own business as an app developer. And the female's name is Sumika, who is a high school nurse. And though the two have been pretty much in love since the moment that they were young and met each other, they still have not consummated their marriage. Now, why is that? Well, they just never went all the way when they were dating, and something goes wrong when they try on their wedding night. It is not 100% clear what exactly happened based on the panels, but just know that some sort of mishap happens and the two do not end up having sex. Doesn't happen on their honeymoon either. Now, the newlyweds are so busy with their jobs as of late, it's been weighing on both of their minds that this is something that has to happen. And when a student asks Sumika about sex, and she can't answer it, she's more determined than ever to get it out of the way, out of the dedication she has for her job. And while that reasoning probably is not what Ikuma wants to hear, he'll take it anyway. And so this is their story of how the two who are completely new at sex try to overcome the awkwardness that will come with their first times and grow together as a married couple. This title is called We're New at This. Moving right along, this title is called A White Rose in Bloom. It is a Seven Seas Entertainment release, and the story and art are by Asumiko Nakamura. All right, so Asumiko Nakamura, rather, uh, has had a very lengthy career in the manga industry, very recognizable art style, uh, arguably here in the United States, best known for her yaoi title, Classmates. That title kicked off in Japan back in 2006 and is still running today overseas in the boys' love magazine, Opera. Another title of hers that's available here in English that I really like is a standalone mystery of hers called Utsubora, the story of a novelist. That is definitely more geared towards adults than any other demographic due to its sexual content, but it is a good read, no doubt. But let's talk about this new release here from Nakamura, A White Rose in Bloom. We meet Ruby, who is a student at a highly regarded and expensive European boarding school. And that may make it sound like her life is one that's really wonderful, sure, but her parents do have a very rocky relationship with one another, and that takes a pretty big toll on Ruby. Uh, her parents decide during her winter break that they're going to go on a trip together, just them, see if maybe they can rekindle the way they felt about one another when they were newlyweds. And as a result, Ruby now has to remain at the school during her winter break. She's just one of two students who will be doing so, the other being a girl named Steph. And around this school, Steph is known as Steel Steph for two reasons. One being that she is always very cold and stiff, 
to other members of the student body, and two, her left leg is a metal prosthetic. And Ruby and Steph's interactions with one another over the break can probably be described as chilly at best. That changes ever so slightly one night when Steph comforts Ruby as she is crying over how powerless she feels that she can't change anything, including her parents' bad relationship. Steph opens up slightly to Ruby on this night, telling her a little bit about her background. Uh, she's a refugee from Hungary, and the person she fled with stepped on a landmine crossing the border, which blew her left pinky toe off. This really means a lot to Ruby, who begins to develop feelings for Steph, but... Once winter break is over and the rest of the school comes back, Steph returns to being as cold as ever towards Ruby. On top of that, a lot of gossip has cropped up amongst the student body about what happened between the two girls while they spent the winter break all alone in the school. But none of that is going to deter Ruby in trying to break through Steph's tough demeanor and get close to her, not even her parents' impending split and possibly having to leave the school. This title is called A White Rose in Bloom. Next on our list, Black Summoner. It is a J Novel Club release. The story is by Dofu Mayoi. The character design is by Kurogin. And this manga's art is by a mangaka named Jin Amo. This started off as a light novel prior to uh, becoming a manga. Those light novels are also available here in North America via J Novel Club. Uh, the manga started its run in Japan back in 2018 in a publication called Comic Gardo. And now, like the light novels, J Novel Club has released the opening volume of this title here in English. What is it about? When, uh, when we first open it up, we first meet a guy who has woken up in a world much unlike present-day Japan. He has no idea where he is, and after a couple of seconds, he realizes he doesn't even know who he is. He has no previous memories of his prior life. Soon, a voice informs him that his new name is Kelvin, kind of like the temperature measurement. The voice belongs to Melfina, who is a goddess in this new world. And Melfina has the power to transmigrate others into this new world. In addition to telling him his name, she also tells Kelvin that he has traded away all his prior memories, but in exchange, has some really strong abilities in this world. And with this being an isekai story, it's a world of sword fighting, magic, guilds, and he does join up with an adventurer's guild. Uh, he plans to enjoy his time in this fantasy world and level up to grow even stronger. But Kelvin's also going to have to watch his back. He encounters some folks who aren't quite thrilled at his high-powered skills upon arrival, and Kelvin's newfound reputation as a battle junkie, addicted to getting more and more powerful in this new world, will be put to the test both early and often. And this title is called Black Summoner. All right, moving right along, Harem Marriage is the next title. It's a Kodansha Comics release, and the story and art are by Nan. So let's talk about Nan for a moment here before the book talk. Uh, real name being Nozomi Osaka. She's better known for the work she's done as an animator. She has a lot of anime character design credits that can be found on her Anime News Network resume. One of them being the character design for the anime Love, Chunimbyo and Other Delusions. And even more recently, Osaka was the illustrator for the Yuri light novel series, Adachi and Shimamura, um, which as it turns out, was just an anime series during this past fall 2020 season. So you may have checked that out. This manga here, Harem Marriage, uh, Osaka is responsible for not only the book's illustrations, but its story as well. So let's dive in. We meet a woman in the story named Koharu, and she has just found out after going through her boyfriend's phone, that he has been married the entire time they've been going out with one another. This is not the first time this has happened to her either. In fact, it's the third. And this time, it's the final straw. Koharu decides to move away from Tokyo and never date again. 
She quits her job, cancels her lease, and ends up back in her rural hometown with her parents. Now, her parents used to operate a cafe in this town. They've done it forever. And, you know, she has a lot of great memories of this cafe when she was younger. Now, when she returns here from Tokyo, she finds out her father is in the hospital and may not be able to ever walk again. So her mother is on the verge of closing that cafe down. Uh, they're in the red and both the cafe as well as their house are slated to be seized by the bank. Koharu does not want this. So she tries to take over running it against her mother's wishes. And while she's doing this, a few things happen. Uh, one of them is that she finds out from her friends who visit about a city ordinance that's been passed allowing harem marriages or polyamorous relationships. Apparently now men can have multiple wives in this town. And another thing that happens is a strange long-haired guy named Ryunusuke, um, God, I don't want to butcher it, but Ryunusuke keeps visiting the cafe and is particularly interested in Koharu. The bottom line is he has two wives already and wants her to be his third. At first, Koharu is appalled, especially after having her heart broken a few times back in Tokyo due to men cheating. But when she hears that those who participate in these harem marriages receive a decently sized stimulus package, Kohara has a decision to make. While she is not too keen on the idea of being in a relationship where the man has other partners, similar to what she went through in Tokyo, she also knows her father is in the hospital and her childhood home and cafe are at risk. So let's just say Kohara may at the very least consider Ryunusuke's offer. And this title is called Harem Marriage. Next title we're going to talk about a Couple of Cuckoos, it's a Kodansha Comics release, and the story and art are by Miki Yoshikawa. Alright, so this mangaka is known for a few things. Uh, one, Yoshikawa was the one-time assistant to Hiro Mashima, and we spoke about him in last month's episode with his brand new Heroes title, now available, that combines a number of Mashima's stories and characters into one. And Yoshikawa did assist him on both the Fairy Tale and Rave Master titles, as for her own work, uh, she is the creator of the title Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches. That is also available via Kodansha Comics, 28 volumes in total. You can read them all for free with a Comixology Unlimited account. That was a pretty big hit. It did receive both an anime adaptation as well as a live-action TV drama in Japan. And as for the title we're about to talk about here, A Couple of Cuckoos, it did earn a spot on Takara Jimasha's Kono Manga Gasugoi list for best manga for male readers in 2021. So a little bit of hype behind it. So let's get to the book talk. In it, we're going to meet a second year high school student, 16 year old male Nagi. Nagi does not have a lot of friends, is a bit of a loner, but he really doesn't care. He uses all his time not socializing to study and be the best student he can possibly be. But Nagi is notorious for always ranking number two in his year. Nagi is actually going through an interesting time in his life right now as well. A month ago, it was discovered that he was accidentally switched with another baby at birth. So the parents and younger sister, uh, he's thought that were his family all this time. They technically are not. And while Nagi has no intentions of suddenly leaving his present family to go and live with his birth parents, he has agreed to attend a dinner reservation with both his birth parents and uh, the ones that have kind of taken him in over the past 16 years. On the way to this dinner, he catches a girl around his age who is about to jump off a bridge. This girl's name is Erica, and she assures Nagi that she was only pretending. Uh, she wanted to record a video for her Instagram, which does, uh, which she does have a huge following on, cause a scandal, and then use it to convince her parents she is not interested in this arranged marriage they've apparently set up with her. 
The two bond a little bit over the current issues they're having with their families, and Erica comes up with an idea and kind of blackmails Nagi to go along with it that he poses her boyfriend, and thus she can get out of the arranged marriage dilemma. So now that is a thing. Nagi makes his way to the dinner with both sets of parents, and what does he find out when there? He was switched at birth with Erica, of all people, and that he is the other party in the arranged marriage scheme. It turns out his accidental parents are Erica's birth parents, and the two sets of parents decide if they force Nagi and Erica to marry, then they can really consider them both, quote-unquote, their kids. Oh boy. So that does not even... Um, Enter into the equation that Nagi has a huge crush on the girl in his class who keeps beating him out for the number one spot academically. So there's a lot going on in this crazy title. It's pretty cool. It's called A Couple of Cuckoos. Next title, Aceadora. It's a Viz Media release and the story and art are by Naoki Urasawa. All right. So obviously this is not the first time we've mentioned Naoki Urasawa on this show. There's only so much you can say about him that has not already been said. Uh, one of my favorites of all time. Numerous awards to his credit, including Eisner's, Kodansha Manga Awards, Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prizes, and Shogakukan Manga Awards, just to name a few. He is uh, pretty much a living legend, and we covered his two 2020 English language releases last year here on Manga Monthly. Those titles were The Standalone Story, Muji Rushi, The Sign of Dreams, and a collection of short stories of his that was titled Sneeze. This story here, Aceadora, it kind of returns to what I'm pretty used to with Urasawa's works, and that's the series format. It is still ongoing in Japan, debuting first in 2018 in Shogakukan's manga magazine, Weekly Big Comic Spirits. And what's it about? So the opening pages of this book start off in uh, 2020. There's no pandemic, but some gigantic creature is making Tokyoites run for their lives. Uh, we don't know what is going on, but the story does come with the introductory statement. This is the story of a nameless girl and the fearless, graceful life she led from the post-war years to the present day. But that's all we know about 2020 so far. Now, the rest of this book takes place in 1959 in the port city of Nagoya. And a young girl named Asa is running, running, running. Uh, her mom is in labor, and despite Nagoya being in the middle of a gigantic typhoon right now, uh, she wants to get to her mother. And she wants to get to her mother despite the fact that she's a little dissatisfied with her life thus far. She's the fourth child of four, soon to be five, and really feels like it. Um, Asa doesn't like her name, feels her siblings all got better ones. Uh, Asa or Asa, it means morning in Japanese, and they apparently just gave her that name since she was born in the morning. Um, Asa also feels left out a lot and overshadowed by her siblings, so much so that she feels if she was to vanish somehow, nobody would even notice. Well, something along those lines is just what happens. Um, Asa, while running to see her mom, gets kidnapped by a guy named Kasuga. He mistakes her for a doctor's child and was hoping he'd be able to collect a big ransom for her. But Asa's family is poor, and Asa tells Kasuga she doesn't think her family even cares that she's missing. Uh, the two end up bonding a little, and Kasuga confides to Asa that he used to be a hero of the skies back in World War II. But now he's just completely down on his luck, cannot keep a job, and is desperate for money. All the while, the typhoon is getting worse and worse outside, and it forces Asa and Kasuga to hide in a storage container for safety. And when they finally feel safe enough to emerge, they see Nagoya is an absolute disaster. Uh, the two are going to end up forming an unlikely alliance to assist one another. 
Asa in finding her family, and Kasuga in finding purpose in life once again. So how will this all tie into what's happening in the book's opening pages in 2020? We are going to have to keep reading to find out. This title is called Asadora. Next title we are going to talk about is called Dear Noman, the Yen Press release, and the story and art are by a mangaka named Neji. Neji has a few titles under their belt, and one of them was translated and released here in English back in 2019. That title's name was Beauty and the Beast Girl. It was a standalone Yuri manga brought to us by Seven Seas. It's a story about a monster living alone in a forest who can't live amongst humans, even though she really wants to, and a blind little girl who makes her feel like life is worthwhile. So with that, let's turn our attention now to Neji's newest title, Dear Noman. 14-year-old Mashiro, for a long time now, has been able to see ghosts. These ghosts are of people, animals, and even things that do not fit into either category. Nobody else can see these ghosts besides her. Nobody she knows, at least. Well, one day when she's assigned to classroom cleanup duty, Mashiro sees a little cute-looking one that wants her to follow it. So after school, she does just that. But it ends up being a setup, as a much, much larger and more vicious one of these ghosts attempts to eat her. Thankfully, she ends up being rescued by a strange-looking woman named Bazu. Bazu is a member of something known as the Boundary, uh, Boundary Preservation Society, an organization that maintains the boundary between the living and the dead. Bazu and her partner, Nelly, explain to Mashiro that these creatures she sees are called nomans, and Bazu is actually part noman herself. Nelly ends up asking Mashiro to join the society, and even partner up with the semi-wild Bazu. This could keep a protector close to her at all times, since evil nomans seem to target humans that can see them, and in turn, it would keep Mashiro's friends and family safe. Nelly even ends up putting an enchantment on Bazu so that she will listen to Mashiro's commands. So now, Bashiro is Bazu's master, but the two seem to care a lot for each other regardless, uh, regardless of the, you know, kind of master-servant relationship, and they work with one another to help the nomans uh, that wander Earth go back to the land of the dead. And this title is called... Dear Noman. Our next title is called Mint Chocolate. It's a Yen Press release, and the story and art are by Mami Orikasa. This is a debut title from this mangaka. It started off in 2016, serialized on the website Manga Park, and then in August of last year, Yen Press had announced it had licensed this title for an English language release, and it is now here, so let's discuss it. We meet second-year high school female Nanami, and her mother has just remarried, and her new husband's son is none other than one of her classmates, Kyohei. And as it would so happen, Kyohei is the very guy that Nanami has a crush on. He is very attractive, but is also very cold to all the girls in his class. He never holds back when one of them confesses their feelings to him. And that is actually one of the reasons Nanami is into him in the first place. So now they are living under the same roof. However, their relationship with one another is tenuous at best, and they're also keeping this new living arrangement a secret from the rest of their classmates. However, as time goes on, it does seem that Kyohei wants Nanami just as much as she wants him. The next thing you know, she's googling whether or not it's possible to marry a step-sibling. So, what is going to happen here? Uh, are they going to end up with each other? Will they be forced to make this public to their classmates? Will their parents be okay with it? You'll have to read to find out. It's called Mint Chocolate. Okay, our next title is another Yen Press release. It's The Dark History of the Reincarnated Villainess and the story and art are by Rui Toka. It's a debut work for this mangaka, and prior to it making its way to the States, it was serialized overseas in the manga magazine Lala, and that is a monthly rag put out in Japan by the publishing company Hakusensha. 
targeted towards the shoujo demographic. And the dark history of the reincarnated villainous has been running in that magazine since 2018, but now it is here to be read in English. So this book is two-thirds the main story, with the final third or so being a one-shot story titled The High School Necromancer Black Cloak. Uh, we're going to book talk the primary title here, The Dark History of the Reincarnated Villainous. And in it, we're introduced to a woman named Konoha. And when Konoha was a middle schooler, she wrote a story that starred an elegant young girl that has her name. A fantasy story about love and magic. So this, the reason Konoha wrote this story is because she always had a feeling that she would be summoned to another world someday. And she considered this writing of hers practice for when she is actually there. Well, now we fast forward to 10 years later. Uh, she's moved out of her childhood home, has her own place and job. Her mother calls her one night as she's leaving work, telling her she stumbled across this old book of hers. Uh, that would be the story she wrote as a middle schooler and asks her if she still would like it. And just as this is happening, Konoha is struck by a car and killed. But she is indeed reincarnated to another world. And it just happens to be the world she wrote about as a book in her book. Uh, but there's a big problem. She was not reincarnated as the elegant young girl, the main character that bared her name. Konoha has instead been reincarnated as that character's uh, evil little sister, Iana. And never mind falling in love with Sir Ginford, the character who is interested in the story's you know, protagonist, Konoha. The guy closest to Konoha slash Iana is the butler, Sol, who she remembers is supposed to kill off the character she's been reincarnated into. So now Konoha slash Iana is not only going to have to remember how her story went and rewrite it on the fly, she's going to have to, you know, just stay alive in this story if, uh, you know, Soul is going to have his uh, final say. So interesting little premise right here. It is the dark history of the reincarnated villainous. All right, moving along to Mamo-chan's A Fox, the Seven Seas Entertainment release, and the story and art are by Yuki Rei. This title has been around in Japan since 2016, serialized in Ichi Jinsha's monthly comic Rex. And as for its English language license, that was announced back in April of last year via a Seven Seas press release, who said they would be releasing the title in both digital and print formats in January 2021. And the bulk of this manga is told in a four-panel format. It tells us the story of Fushimi Tamamo. She's just transferred high schools from Kyoto to the big city of Tokyo, a dream that she's always wanted to live out. But back in Kyoto, Fushimi was not just your average high school student. And some of you who may have been to Kyoto in real life, uh, you might recognize her first name, Fushimi. You might recognize it from the famous Shinto shrine slash tourist attraction in southern uh, Kyoto, where there are thousands of Tokyo gates that you walk through uh, up along Mount Inari. And I was lucky enough to go there in 2018. Well. Also, in addition to these Tori gates, there's a lot of fox statues or kitsune statues there too, as foxes were said to be messengers for the spirits. And our main character here, Fushimi, was one of those fox statues in Kyoto. But now she's in Tokyo, and she's attending a Tokyo high school as a human, or so she thinks. Her transformations are by and large pretty poor, and her disguise is not as convincing as she thinks, with her pointy ears, black nose, and tail plenty visible. Her classmates totally see through this, but they don't tell her that, while the majority of teachers and adults in this manga do see her as a high school girl. So the transformation is pretty flawed at best, uh, but since Fushimi does clearly come off as one of those foxes from the shrine to a lot of her classmates, they um, indirectly make offerings towards her in return 
that their hopes and their prayers and their wishes are going to be answered. So definitely a comedic book here, a high school experience unlike any other in this manga. It's called Tamamo-chan's A Fox. All right, just a handful more. And thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We're almost finished for the day. The next title is called Mama Akuma. It's a Yen Press release, and the story are by Kuzushiro. All right, so this mangaka is responsible for the manga title called Inugami-san to Nekoyama-san. Uh, that is not licensed here in the States, but did run in the Japanese manga magazine Comic Yurihime from 2011 to 2017. But American fans may be familiar with the anime adaptation of this title. Uh, the animation Studio 7 was responsible for its production, and it did run for one core during the spring 2014 anime season. But we are going to discuss Mama Akuma today. And in it, we meet the demon named Seer. And for centuries, Seer has made contracts with people who wish for very impossible things. And he makes them happen with his magic, whether it's tons of money or helping win wars by killing enemies in exchange exchange for their immortal soul. However, as for his latest client, well, it's somebody like he's never served before. The one making the contract is a fourth grade girl named Sakura. And her wish is that she wants Seer to be her mother until she's all grown up, since her real mother died before she was born. And this really throws Seer for a loop. Not only is this not his typical clientele, he doesn't really know how to be a mother either. But he does live to work, and it is his job to grant the wish of the master who summons him. So he's got to now do the very best he can to do the things Sakura would want her mother to do. And whether it's cleaning or cooking or laundry, uh, you're going to see that Seer is going to be learning on the job. And as a result, a lot of mistakes are going to be made. On top of that, Sakura is going to have to try and sell her wish to her older brother, second year middle schooler Hijiri, who is not happy about Seer's presence in the house, as well as their single parent father, who is an eccentric manga editor. So while this may end up being Seer's toughest wish to grant yet, he's certainly up for the challenge in Mama Akuma. Next title, Rosie in the Labyrinth. It's a 7Cs Entertainment release, and the story and art are by Shia Totsuki. It's a debut work for this manga here. Uh, it's a title that's been around in Japan since 2019, serialized in the manga magazine Monthly Comic Garden. That is a publication put out by the publishing company Mag Garden Corporation. And now this title here is uh, stateside, so why don't we check it out. In this book, we learn of a place known as the Labyrinth, a world of never-ending warped roads and twisted alleys, where time and space are not what they seem. It is a maze which never comes to an end. It's described as a world built by the former humans who became lost within it, and those who live here kind of lose themselves bit by bit. So as a result, you find a lot of interesting characters there, including the trio who star in this book. They would be the half-man, half-cat Chemin, the horned hulkster, albeit shy, Murr, and the animatronic doll named Kay. In addition to this trio, they are now joined by an incredibly young-looking girl, almost baby-like in appearance, named Rosie. And Rosie is new to the labyrinth. She is human, and that's basically what this book is all about. There's really no overarching storyline. It is all about this group and their adventures and happenings in this mysterious world known as the labyrinth. And we have one more title to book talk in the uh, first episode of 2021. It's called Will It Be the World or Her? Kodansha Comics is behind the release, and the story and art are by Atsushi Uchiyama. 
This is one of eight titles that Kodansha Comics in November announced would be released digitally in the first few months of 2021. That announcement also included Harem Marriage and a couple of Kakus, two titles that we book talked earlier in this episode. But let's book talk our final book of the day in Will It Be the World or Her? It takes place in a high school setting, and we see that one of our female leads, Ayumi, appears to be the apple of every guy's eye in this school. But while many guys have a crush on Ayumi, it's correct to say that nobody has a bigger crush on her than her classmate and childhood friend, Naka, uh, Nakagawa. Excuse me. He's kind of in the friend zone right now, but he does intend to finally confess to her on the school's rooftop today. After a strange run-in with another of his female classmates named Jindo, Nakagawa does make his way up to the rooftop to make his confession to Ayumi. However, just as he's about to finally spit it out, Jindo appears by his side and announces out of nowhere that she and he are going out, and this throws Nakagawa for an absolute loop. Ayumi wishes them well and leaves the rooftop, and then Jindo tells Nakagawa what the lowdown is on this. While Jindo tells him that she does have legitimate feelings for him and does want to be his girlfriend, there's also an ulterior motive to her wanting to keep Nakagawa and Ayumi from dating. Jindo tells him that Ayumi is not your average human being and does have a special power residing inside of her, and it activates based on any excessive mental state she finds herself in. So when her mental state fluctuates, weird phenomenons occur. And if things get too out of hand, the world could end up getting destroyed as a result. So we don't quite know how Jindo knows this information, but one thing we do know is Nakagawa really, really likes Ayumi. And he may not be able to adhere to Jindo's rules and warnings. So what is going to happen with these characters? Uh, is Nakagawa going to continue to chase after Ayumi and put the world at risk as a result? You're going to have to read this one to find out. It's called Will It Be the World or Her? And with that, we wrap up the first episode of the 2021 edition here of Manga Monthly. Hooray! So... Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I hope you found a book that sounds potentially interesting and you maybe want to check it out. And if not, we'll, we'll try again every month until that happens. So really wishing you guys a, a great year and hopefully we have a great year here at Manga Monthly with lots of great manga and some cool interviews along the way. So definitely continue to keep tuning in. I really appreciate you guys always doing so. And... Yeah, let's uh, let's rebound from a really difficult 2020. And um, what better way to do that than by getting hyped up with some manga, right? We'll see. All right. Thank you guys as always. You are wonderful. And have a great month. We'll see you at the end of February. Take care.